Hello and welcome to Alchemy, the home of the open mind. Thank you for tuning in and hopefully you enjoy the show and the variety of eye-opening guests that we will be hoping to bring to you in the future on a more regular basis than we have for the past while. We're free, completely non-profit and available on demand from alchemyradio.net and iTunes and we rely on donations to keep the show free and advertising free. We're very grateful for any help you can offer, and there's no fixed cost on donations. It all helps, so if you could spare even the price of a cup of tea or a cup of coffee every month, it would go a long way towards keeping us afloat. Our donate button is on the website, and your support and assistance is hugely appreciated. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter, so get following and interacting with us with all your feedback, guest suggestions, and other input. So, on to the show. Alchemy. This week's guest is Dr. Ibrahim Karim, an architect by profession, graduate of the renowned FIT in Zurich in Switzerland with a BA, MA and doctorate in science in tourist planning. He occasionally teaches as a visiting professor of architecture at several universities. Dr. Karim owns Alamira Consultant Architecture Firm, founded by his father, Dr. Saeed Karim, in the 1930s, who is the main pioneer of modern architecture in the Middle East and author of several books on the culture behind the greatness of ancient Egypt. And what started off as an occasional gathering of friends grew over 20 years into a weekly pivot in the lives of many people of different ages, religions, professions, social background and nationalities. Unstructured lectures and dialogues about almost any subject where Dr. Kareem believed that he has learned as much as he has taught his holistic approach, which he calls the biogeometrical way, a new and expanded worldview, equally scientific and spiritual in essence. In his own words, to be truly holistic, it must incorporate anything and everything. Ibrahim, it's great to have you on Alchemy. Thank you for joining me. You're very welcome. How are you? Fine, thank you. I'm very happy to be on Alchemy. Well, the pleasure is all mine. I'm a big follower of your work. I was attracted to it about a year ago, and I have since tried many of your products, and we'll get into all that a little bit later on. But there's a question that I ask first-timers on the show always, the same question, and I'll put you on the spot a little bit with this one. It's how did you get from where you were to where you are now? Well, <laughs> let's start from the beginning. I'm an architect, and... Uh, I've been teaching architecture for many years, and usually when we teach the history of architecture, we tend to uh, teach the history of sacred monuments all over the world. Now, when you teach the history of sacred monuments, you really uh, teach just the physical aspects. I mean, construction, style, uh, uh, function, uh, and all those things. But then, with time you see that if you do some digging beside one of those monuments, maybe a few meters lower or 10 meters lower in the ground, you'll find traces of another more ancient monument. And it can go on for three or four layers that you discover that several civilizations were actually using that same spot. It was a sacred spot to them, and they placed their sacred buildings on those spots. So I asked myself, is it the building now? Or the location. So the location starts becoming more important than the actual building. And then you ask yourself, what's so special about the location? It must have a special effect that people come and build on that location. And so I started looking at the history of humanity since the dawn of civilization. I found that People used to mark certain locations with big stones that we call menhirs. They used to locate them on special uh, areas 
that had special water springs and things like that. So it became to me evident that I should start study the energy quality of a location because it's more important than the building itself. Mm. The building you see on a location could be the last remnant of a long uh, development in architectural styles and things over civilizations, over millennia, and the building you see now is just the last one on that spot. But the spot itself has been interacting with the community. It has been actually the center of all activities of the community for thousands of years. And as I went further into studying those sacred power spots, those spiritual power spots, it became evident that the sacred power spots is the most important factor in the development of human history. Because if, if you take it from the beginning, it has influenced community planning, it has influenced city planning, it has influenced rituals, it has it's good things, it has its bad things, it, it's war started about it, the religious conflict started about it, but all spirituality is linked to it. And so there's a very important place in human history for spiritual power spots. So my question was, well, there must be a way of differentiating uh, the energy quality of this spot from other places. How did people come to it? Why did they feel that it's so special? So I started studying uh, th those areas, and I found that they all had underground water streams crossing at certain angles, and the crossing itself created a vortex that pushed the water upwards, creating a, a little spring or a lake or whatever mm -hmm. that became mm -hmm. a sacred lake or a sacred spring. Uh, so... I had now at least one of the factors that contributed to this being a sacred power spot, and that's the underwater, uh, uh, underground water crossings. And this, it's a special type of water. It's water that runs in channels in the rocky strata of the earth. So it's, you can call it rock water. It's very fresh, and it runs with a lot of pressure, and it never ends. So the lake that results or the spring, will always be very fresh for thousands of years. It doesn't uh, get saltier like normal uh, lakes that you would dig or something like that, no. It's a very special kind of water. So I had now a lead to something, a configuration that affected that energy. Now, at the same time, I had found through other studies uh, that underground water crossings were also found under what they call cancerous areas. So uh, in Germany in the 1920s, the farmers uh, told the medical institution, which during the cancer scare in the beginning, they told them, we know what cancer is all about. I mean, we've known it for thousands of years because our animals... Uh, when they are on such a spot on the earth, they develop tumors. When you move them off, they, they, they become well again. Or when you find a tree that has uh, like tumor bulges on it like that, and then you look around and find the second one, you join them with a lion. 
then you know this is a cancerous strip, cancerous earth energy. So the whole idea that cancer was related to earth energy uh, was new to the medical people. They did surveys. The first survey was in Germany by uh, Count Freiherr von Pohl in a town called Wilmsburg, and he mapped all the cancerous cases on a map. He surveyed the whole place and found that 80% of the cancer cases were located on a special strip about 10% of the area only. And this uh, strip had lots of underground water crossings. So now I had a dilemma. Uh, one side were relating to water crossing for spiritual energy, the others were relating to it for harmful cancerous energy. So all of a sudden I felt then it must be the angles, mm. the difference in the angles. And if the, you, you know, when you take a prism, uh, a glass prism, and get light going through it, you get colors on the other side because when the light refracts in different angles through the prism, it gives different colors. Sure, yeah. So angles actually produce qualities in the brain that we see as colors. So I thought, well, then the secret must be in the angles. Uh, the, the, of which the water uh, cross. Now, I started studying the angles because all of a sudden I said, if the whole problem is in the angles and the angles are components of shape, sure, yeah. and I'm an architect, so I'm in the right place to understand and develop the whole idea. So now I started studying those angles and started studying the quality of angles, and until I found the geometrical language, or let's say geometrical principles, that reproduced this energy quality of sacred power spots. And when I found that I can actually reproduce this energy quality, so the quality of energy became a usable thing. It became in itself, quality in itself was a usable energy because quality has an effect. And energy is the ability to produce an effect. So not only the quantitative way of looking at energy is the right way, no, the right way would also be looking at the qualitative aspects of energy. And now, having that, I have a geometrical language, and shapes would be in that language actually frozen qualities because angles are components of shapes. So all shapes in nature would be actually frozen energy qualities that emit their qualities in their surroundings. And so if we designed a design language that created shapes that recreate the energy quality of sacred power spots, we would have very special shapes that go along the actual forming process in nature itself. Because the forming process in nature uh, has at its core the balancing energy that we see in spiritual power spots. And so from then on, I started developing this language. Now, with quality as an effect, as an energy, I could store it, I could radiate it, 
I could actually, with the design language, I could change the quality affected. And so I could use geometrical shapes to reproduce the harmonizing energy quality of spiritual power spots in any object we designed or in any place we use biogeometry. Now, this is was the beginning, and at the same time I noticed that the energy quality of sacred power spots uh, sort of opened a doorway or a vortex to higher dimensions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And you see that in, in ancient times, people used to go to those places for oracles or angelic communications and things like that. So I started looking at this vortex, and then I found that the vortex created in those places through the cro- angle crossings, it was actually a multidimensional wormhole that, that was created. So actually, if you look at the circle, for example, to, to give an example, and you say, where is the center of that circle? You can put a point at the center of the circle. Mm. But if you enlarge the point, you find that the point itself has a center. And then you enlarge it again, and then the enlargement has another center. So you cannot actually locate the actual center in time and space. So it's a quality. Because the center is, is a quality, it's like a vortex that is multidimensional. You cannot locate it anywhere. And from this way of looking at what the center is, I started understanding the power and the harmonizing effects of uh, spiritual passports in that there is a sort of a, a multidimensional communication there that brings in the harmonizing energy into the physical dimension. So now I had a geometrical language that brought all that into design. And this was very similar to the design language of nature. I mean, look at us. We live, if you were living in your area and didn't speak a word of English, you wouldn't be able to communicate or have a role in your community. Hmm. Now, we live in nature, and there's a divine pen, a hand that holds a divine pen that is writing and drawing all those shapes in nature, and nobody reads. Nobody can read the language of nature. So imagine, human beings are actually speaking to themselves. They live in nature, but they only speak to themselves. Mm. But they don't understand that they're part of this nature. So, biogeometry brings back this communication, brings back our resonance with the earth being as being one. So, this is, let's say, the beginning of biogeometry, how it was. Uh, about 46, 47 years ago when I started developing my junk. It must have been absolutely mind-blowing for you because I'm listening to the information and it blows my mind. And it also makes so much sense from, from your first example of how the light refracts through a prism and creates colors to the mimicking of nature within the geometric language that you have essentially created. There's a resonance to that in itself that speaks to truth and speaks to nature for me, just just on a personal level. So how must that have felt for you, especially considering your background is in architecture and you had a special understanding of angles of shapes and of geometrics? You see, uh, my uh, 
studies were architecture and engineering. So my mind was more of a scientific engineering type. Right. Now, all of a sudden, I was brought face-to-face into a vortex to higher dimensions, you see. And this thing has a life-changing effect on you. Your whole concept of reality changes because now, all of a sudden, I understand that the physical world is actually a manifestation of several other higher layers of or higher dimensions that actually work together within this physical uh, object that we see. Physical things are not just physical. They're just representations of so many higher dimensions at the same time. Mm-hmm. We see only the physical part. And for me, being able to actually have a, a design language to work in that, it's like, you know, I felt uh, something that I could touch spirituality, you know. All of a sudden, spirituality became real. It was something in my hand. Mm. And wow. uh, I felt now that with this energy quality of sacred passports, uh, I have a sort of practical application of spirituality. So spirituality became practical that you can apply it in your work. And then all of a sudden, it came to me, let's go back and see what how ancient civilizations uh, looked at their temples and things like that. And I found out that actually any uh, architectural achievement like a city plan or a temple was for the pharaoh or, or, or uh, the ruler was actually uh, an initiation path. So the building was not just building a physical thing, it was a multidimensional initiation. And you see that up to modern times when uh, in Spain, when Antonio Gaudi in Barcelona w- was commissioned to build the, the church, uh, his famous church there, he followed the ancient traditions. He had to fast for 28 days to prepare himself for the initiation in order to design the work. And in ancient times, all workers had to purify themselves before they could touch the stone that is being put in a sacred power spot. So a new world opened to me that in my life as an architecture professor, I would have never uh, thought that this would be possible, that uh, a complete change of paradigm happened because now you actually have in your hand a way of making every product of modern technology make it uh, an initiatory uh, object, something, a way of initiation. Whatever you do can become initiation. So you're living in two dimensions at the same time. Uh, Spirituality becomes actually... uh, I define spirituality, you know, I have one word to define all religions and all spiritual schools in the world and all that. I define them with, I say one very simple thing. All spirituality is excellence of action. Okay. 
because excellence means you bring all the laws of nature into your product. Now, how do you do that? If I, you know, try to make things perfect, well, my perception, my mind, has only a type of perception that we call sensory perception. It's the perception limited by our senses or in the ranges of our senses. Mm -hmm. So sensory perception of the mind is only about 1% of absolute reality out there. So, but every uh, living thing interacts with the full 100% because the laws of nature they are outside our sensory perception the laws that run our bodies there are the laws that run you know sensory perception starts when you become alive when your brain starts working but what brings you to life is the 99% of the laws of nature that work through you and bring life into you so that you awaken this last level of intellectual perception or mental perception. So, how can a human being who has only 1% of reality in front of him be able to balance the 99% he's not aware of? Mm. So, in order to do that, you have to open a doorway for the 99% to come in. Actually, the 99%, the knowledge of the 99% is right there within our right brain, unconscious universal perception. It exists in us somewhere that is beyond our capabilities, beyond our reach. So what, by using the portals of biogeometry, by using this wormhole of biogeometry that you create, like in sacred power spots, you bring all the balancing laws of nature from the 99% into your activity. Because now they, they will govern the way you act, the way you see things. And that's the only way you can achieve excellence of action. Excellence of action means harmony on all levels. And that can only be achieved through this communication. And having a geometrical language so that all your products, everything in your life, like nature, is a way of communication, it is something so profound that it completely changes you. You become another person. So uh, people who study biogeometry have a life-transforming uh, thing happening to them. So, so th th this is it. And knowing all of a sudden that spirituality is practical and it's in your hand as in, in your actions, not in your words, in, in the way you build, in the way you move, in the way you do. All that, that's the design language. Having spirituality in your mind is useless because it's not doing anything to anybody. Mm. So that's why I say Spirituality is excellence of action. Well, that really strikes a chord with me because the tagline for this show is care, will, imagination and intelligence. And I think what you're describing is the balancing of all those properties. It's, it's almost like the Holy Trinity then some. 
When you speak about um, separation from nature and, for example, Gaudi fasting before beginning his work, are you talking about the energetic influence that his presence prior to fasting may have had versus what it does when he transcends the state that he was in prior to fasting? And is it almost like his initiation is another stage of development that allows him to put that into his work? And in essence, his work then becomes a form of language that can speak to other people on a vibrational level, perhaps, in the future. Yes, imagine that going into uh, a spiritual passport or building mm. uh, any product that has this connectivity to multiple dimensions in it. Imagine this vortex that we're speaking about, that this is a gateway a royal gateway to a higher dimension. And you're supposed to go and walk through the gateway, through the wormhole, you see, that takes you to the other dimensions. Now, if you walk through those gates, you have to be prepared. You, you know, you have to be prepared on all levels, on physical level even. Mm-hmm. And on emotional level, mental level, and all that, to walk through the gate. I mean, imagine if there's a very, very big uh, reception happening somewhere in a great palace and and very, very high level, and you're invited. You're going to prepare yourself by dressing well, by doing this, by doing There are so many preparations that you're going to do before you go to the reception, won't you? Of course, yeah. Okay, so this is the same thing. Now, this is a gateway to the higher spiritual dimensions. So, you have to be ready for those higher spiritual dimensions. Now, pure purifications are the only way to take you through the gateway. Because if there are any other things clinging to your energy field, you will not be able to go through that gateway. You will not be able to interact properly with the spiritual power spots. Because, you know, what happens in a spiritual power spots? Let's go back to the caveman when he went there. In a spiritual power spot, when you stand in the middle of that vortex of that wormhole, multidimensional wormhole, you actually become one with the earth. Because that wormhole is going to the center of the earth to the highest level in the atmosphere, and we are beings that live inside the earth. We don't live on the earth, we live inside the earth, because the atmosphere is part of the earth, so we are in it. Now, once you are standing there, this going through, let's say, uh, going through this doorway, is actually you becoming one with the earth. It's not just going through it's a spiritual doorway, it connects both ways. Mm. You become one with the earth. So there is no, we, we are mistakenly uh, calling uh, or speaking about a, research, uh, a, uh, a certain uh, relationship or actions with the environment. We want to save the environment. We want to uh, reduce pollution of the environment. We want to save the earth from environmental catastrophes. It's as if we are not the environment, as if I am speaking about the environment. 
But in reality, it's not like that at all. In reality, I am the environment. Sure. And, yes. and this is a huge difference, you know, because look at yourself. You are a being that lives off the energy of the sun. Now, it would be nice if I could go every morning out uh, in, in the garden or on my balcony and open my mouth, you know, and feed off the energy of the sun. It would save me a lot of money and a lot of work, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I would need to eat and drink. But I discovered that I don't have the organ. I'm missing an organ, you know. I don't have the organ that can assimilate this uh, life energy from the sun. Mm. And then I look around me. There's an organ out there, the plant. So the plant is an organ out there that takes the energy of the sun, turns it into chemical energy. I eat it. I can get this energy back into my body and then get the life energy in my body. So actually the plant is one of my organs but it lies outside me. Yes, yes. <laughs> so looking at it that way, I can't say me and nature. I have to say I am the environment. I love that. That way of lateral thinking is just fascinating. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes, I am the environment. So uh, you, what you do to the environment, you're actually doing it to yourself. There is no... You can't say humanity will destroy the environment. Hmm. It can't happen. Humanity will just destroy itself, you see. Now, you have to look at the environment um, in a different way. We are the environment. That means if you look uh, on your hand, let's say, on the top of your hand, take a square inch on the top of your hand, there will be thousands of little bacteria working there in order to keep the skin... Uh, uh, smooth, oiled, and all the functions of the skin and the hair you have on it and everything. Yeah. So there's yeah. a whole community and every type of bacteria there has a job to do and they're working in perfect harmony. That's why your skin is smooth and everything is like that. Now, imagine if those bacteria there start not doing their work and start doing other things start speaking about politics instead of doing their work, start doing this or that, you know. Yeah. And what will happen is your hand will start to itch because something is wrong. Now, what, all you have to do when your hand itches, you'll automatically scratch the area. If you scratch the area, all those bacteria that were doing harm to your skin are gone in one scratch. So imagine that what if ultimately the earth is fed of us, it will just scratch. And with one scratch, we're gone. Yeah. And then yeah. other bacteria will come in our place. So unless we feel that we are the environment, there is no future for us. Now, we have, this takes me to a very important aspect. We live now in an age, in the age of information, of which we are so proud of. It has given us so many possibilities, but somehow the electromagnetic energy we use is detrimental to humanity. Mm. So, and we are all forms of 
let's say, of pollution that you can think of, we treat by the normal way. You know, you have a pollutant in nature, you reduce it. Now, how about electrical pollution? You can't reduce it. We are actually multiplying it so many times all the time with new inventions, with new things. We're filling the atmosphere with electromagnetic radiation. And there are two things that we are not aware of. First thing, I mean, besides what it does to our health, electrostress has so many symptoms and many of the chronic diseases of which we know no cause can be brought back to electromagnetic radiation. But besides that, we know that every movement in the atmosphere, like a wave when it moves, it creates heat. Like, you know, your microwave. Whenever a wave moves, it moves the molecules of the air, it creates heat. Mm. So why aren't we aware that the age of formation with all this electromagnetic wireless uh, radiation in the atmosphere, why aren't we aware that we are contributing to global warming? We keep looking at global gases, uh, I mean at uh, fossil fuels and things like that. We're doing that just for political reasons mainly. But the greater culprit of actually heating the atmosphere like a mega form of microwave that we are putting on, we don't even want to look at that. So that's one of, of the things. And a secondary thing is electricity has one of its qualities is has a dehydrating effect. It's very similar to the quality we find inside the pyramids in Egypt. You know, there's an energy quality inside the pyramids that has a dehydrating effect, which makes the pyramids uh, sort of, I mean, makes them fascinating in a way because you can put meat in there and it doesn't foul, you can put milk in there, it doesn't ferment, and all things like that. So it preserves things. But remember, preservation is in a way another word for dehydration. Mm. And dehydration, when you dehydrate something, life force is in the water. Yeah. So you are actually reducing the life force in things. So you must know that electromagnetic radiation in the atmosphere is, has a dehydrating effect on our energy systems. That's why we feel we need to drink a lot of water, and you can drink as much as you want. Your body is not really using it properly because our bodies are dehydrating, meaning that the life force in all living systems on Earth is being reduced, is being depleted through electromagnetic radiation that we have created modern technology. Now, imagine now we have a fantastic era of communication in which a hidden time bomb is waiting and one day there will be global life extinction. There is something wrong in our way of thinking here. We should go back and ask ourselves, but how come that 
the information air. How come electromagnetic radiation is killing us? While actually, if you look at it from another way, we are actually electromagnetic beings because we, you know, the electromagnetism of the earth is a very important part of our life force. Yeah. So how come natural electromagnetism of the earth is an important part of our life force? And if we go away from the earth and we take that away from us, it would be very harmful because we don't have it. So we really depend on natural electromagnetism. And then we come and develop artificial electromagnetic uh, uh, electricity, let's say, electricity magnetism and all that. And what happens is it becomes harmful. What once was in a special form in the earth, very beneficial, has become very harmful. Why is that? First of all, in the earth, it has its full life force is in it. And when you analyze the word life force, meaning a certain balance of vitality, emotional, and mental energies. They're, they form the life force of, of a system. Now, we take certain aspect of electricity devoid of life force because we have no way, we, we don't have the intelligence of thinking that we should find a way of building the life force into modern electricity in a way, man-made electricity, should include all those levels in the life force, should include some vitality, emotional and mental harmonizing principles in it, then it will become uh, beneficial for humanity. Mm. But, you know, I mean, if you go, you say, I live off the electricity of the earth, okay, then why don't you charge yourself from the electric plug in the room instead of eating? Because this is not the same electricity as the one you find in the earth. It's a totally different, it's not just something that's much stronger. No, it's a completely different quality. It's something of which you have snatched the soul out and you feed it to people. What happens is the immune systems collapse. Mm. And when the immune systems are depleted in nature because of the life force being depleted, then you need chemicals, you need fertilizers, you need all those stuff, and you end up with all what we're in now, the problems we're in, and we're trying to solve unless we wake up and see the bigger picture and the right way to proceed. We will really uh, let that time bomb in the age of information explode much earlier than, uh, than we think, I mean. Yeah, and I think it, it probably is the biggest hidden threat to us. I mean, we're beings of frequency and beings of resonance, yet we're continually, as a species, bombarding ourselves, particularly in the last 20 years, but it continues almost incrementally on a monthly basis at this stage with different forms of ionizing radiation and with, with the advent of 5G just around the corner, which I think a lot of people are extremely fearful of. And so much of this do is done seemingly for commercial purposes without any care in the world for, as you say, the entire bioresonating atmosphere in which we should live. And if we're not in harmony with that, that's going to cause huge problems. So 
What kind of problems do you think may be in store if we don't take some kind of action, Ibrahim? And then we'll talk about the type of action that you advocate in your work and what can be done then to mitigate some of those factors. Well, first of all, uh, any, I mean, any new science in the situations we are in must address all those problems or we don't need it at the moment. Right. Because, I mean, we don't have so much time left. So you either have a science that addresses them or forget about it. And that's where I was 47 years ago when I started biogeometry. I asked myself that question. Will I be able to do something to those problems and I should continue and work day and night on that science to develop it? If I can't use it to solve those problems, then forget it. It's not worth it, you see. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the main thing. Now, what will happen if we don't acknowledge all that? Look at uh, and first things what we are doing right now. We are saying that we are saving the environment by transforming all modes of communication like cars and everything into electric, electricity, electrical vehicles. Now, imagine if we are just saying how harmful electricity is and we put you in a car and you're sitting on a stack of batteries. What will happen to you? Already now, you know, if you sit in one of those modern cars, you have about 18 electromotors within your seat and about from 150 to 180 electromotors under the cladding of the car to work everything in the car. And they are alive all the time. Once you put the ignition on, all those electromotors are alive. So imagine you're being cooked in a microwave when you go in, in a modern car. Now, make it electrical car, and it will kill humanity. First things that, that we notice, I mean, I can think backwards. When I did global projects in, uh, in many areas, I took regional areas in Switzerland and all that, and we applied our solutions to protect from electromagnetic radiation. So what became better? You know, we, we can look at it uh, the opposite way. So many, like I said first, so many of the chronic uh, diseases just were just reduced or banished. Things we were all surprised, for example, that uh, epilepsy, epilepsy vanished from the area. Not one child got a single seizure after we applied solutions. That means that the electromagnetic radiation had uh, made epilepsy. I didn't say it caused it. But it made it so much worse that when we protected it from electromagnetic radiation, somehow no epileptical seizures happened in the whole area. And we're speaking about a, a big central village or a town and four or five smaller villages around it is the region that we harmonized the first time and we did later regions with similar results. Now, uh, high blood pressure, for example, 
uh, all kinds of back problems, skin problems, uh, uh, ear problems, and so many things were reduced that we can safely say that all the, these things have been made worse by electromagnetic uh, radiation. And but the most important change that happened to people when we sort of harmonize the atmosphere there with uh, by jump solutions is the psychological aspect. You know, people all of a sudden were more peaceful. The interaction between people, we had less aggression. You know, before that, if the neighbor put his car a bit in front of your, of your garden or something like that, you'd go out, you'd fight with him. Mm. If his dog crossed in your garden, you know, there were rules. There was so much tension between the people there. And then all of a sudden, within a week, by the time we installed solution, everybody there was very peaceful. They were smiling at each other. Something changed. A change happened. Uh, all of a sudden, they had this peacefulness affected also the interfamily relationships. Many families there were nearly going for divorce, and then all of a sudden, everything was just normal again. And so there's a big psychological change. And I remember the first TV uh, coverage that, that we did, uh, everybody was speaking about different health issues that, that, that were reduced. 60% of health symptoms were gone. But the mayor came out and he said, look, you all might have uh, your way of looking at things. You're so fascinated always by health symptoms and all that. But I would like to speak on a completely different note. I would like to thank Ibrahim that he brought peace to our region. You know, this word brought peace to our region means that electromagnetic radiation causes this inner stress which results in aggression. And it results also in something else that we noticed there that changed. Uh, people had a lack of will. So people, they were living, they didn't have any problems, but they tell you, I have no taste for life. I'm not enjoying life, you know. Yeah. Just not not enjoying it or have no will for life or uh, it's it has no taste anymore. Then all of a sudden, those people were cheerful again, had strong will, enjoyed life, and it went so far as people couldn't believe that we had a scientific way of doing things. By jump to us, a new science. They started saying this must be some form of uh, uh, higher magic that uh, instead of uh, Dr. Ibrahim Karim is a scientist from a Swiss university and said he's originally Egyptian, so he might be one of those ancient magicians come to us, you know. And they called the project the miracle of Hamdan, the first project, because they couldn't believe what happened when you protect people from the age of information. So can you but describe not, how you protected them over such a wide area? Was it something very personal to each person or was it something that you could do that covered a wide area? What, what exactly was the process then? Because it's quite fascinating to me. You, you see what? Let's go back to how we started. We say we, it's a design language 
that sort of mimics or reproduces the harmonizing energy of sacred particles. Mm. Some people call that spiritual energy or whatever you, you want to call it, or balancing energy. Now, biogeometry is a science that is not coming to tell you, get away from all modern things. Don't do this, don't eat that, don't use gadgets, don't use mobile phone, don't use that. I mean, in the areas I worked in many places, I find people uh, looking at me. If I get out my, my, my phone, uh, they look at me like that because they all have, they don't have phones or they, uh, they put them off and put them in the bag and every couple of hours they just open, look if there's messages, put it back again. They're against modern technology. Mm-hmm. No. If you want a solution, you can't go against modern technology. What we should do is use wisdom. We have reached so far that it would be a pity to lose all that. So what should we do? We should go in and actually harmonize modern technology so that modern technology becomes beneficial to man. The products of modern technology gives us life force, are healthy when we use them. So, I mean, imagine that your mobile phone, when you use it, is just as good as a bottle of uh, uh, multivitamins or supplements, you know, (laughs) to your body, something like that, you know. And how do we do that? We can actually induce the energy quality of sacred power spots into the energies of modern technology. So actually the effect is changing. And for that, many people have difficulty uh, grasping how can you change an effect if you don't take away the source. Mm. And in Switzerland, when we went to the first areas, the government uh, asked me to to solve the problem, the people there were demonstrating we're going to dynamite the electrical towers and high tension uh, towers and whatever mobile towers. They're going to <laughs> sort of blow up everything. So the government asked me to go and, and do the work there. So I told them, look, uh, what's your problem? They said they want us to take all those things out. Otherwise, they're going to blow them up. So I said, that, well, isn't it logic that if you want to change the effect, you have to take away the cause? <laughs> they looked at me. I said, and they said, yes, but why, why, what do you think is the reason that we brought you to, uh, to give us a solution? Mm. I said, why? They said, because we know you can change the effect by, and still keep the cause. And my answer to them, you know, I, I mean, I'm a scientist from Switzerland too, so I, what I told them jokingly, you know, uh, can't you solve that with modern science? And they said, are you crazy? I mean, how can you uh, keep the cause and change the effect? Yeah. And I said, well, you, you said, am I crazy? So you want, you want me to actually do something crazy? <laughs> they said, well, look, we know you work in a totally different way, so you go and do it. But they told me, can you please explain to us 
what biometry really is. We made a contract with you because we've seen your work in different places, but we don't know, we have no idea how it works. So I told them, look, let me go up there to those people in those mountain areas and let me put a biometry solution there. If I'm successful at the end, ask me about biometry. If I'm not successful, then tell me to go home to Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't need to ask me anything, you see. So let me do it, and then we can uh, discuss things later on. So I said, okay, it's fair. You, you think you can do it? I said, well, I did it so many hundreds of times. I can do it another time. Let's hope so. Yeah. And we did it, and it succeeded. But the whole idea was in... In the first project, what I did was, I the, the areas are usually, it's a whole region, so it's a very big area. And to work on a big area with geometrical shapes, I would need to use lots of geometrical shapes to, to cover the huge area. So I usually sometimes uh, piggyback on existing uh, wide range uh, radiation. For example, in the first area there, I went to the mobile communication company, Swisscom, and we worked together. I told them, look, uh, let me use your towers, your mobile communication towers, because they're radiating, they're covering the whole area. And instead of me putting the geometric shapes uh, near the houses or things like that, I'm going to put them aiming at your towers up there. I will go up on the towers and fix them there. So that actually, when your mobile radiation comes up, goes out, it will carry with it the spiritual energy or the harmonizing energy into every uh, home, every recipient. So this was what we did in the first uh, area of Hamburg, and it was very successful. Now, they came in the second area called Hirschberg, and they told me, you know, we have a slight problem there. When you used the mobile communication towers, and put your ships on them. Uh, people, some people are saying, uh, are they harmful? And he put the correction. Or is it independent? You know, we are telling them, no, we are giving them a solution. But they said, no, but maybe you're putting there because the energy is harmful from the towers, you know. So they told me, can you make it, make the second area? And this was as a prototype to do for the whole of Switzerland. Okay. Uh, and they said in the second area, can you please find another solution, but stay away from the mobile towers, you know, because we don't want people to uh, point finger at us. So I said, I have even a better solution. The, the Earth has electromagnetic radiation all over. There, there, there is energy in the Earth, and I could actually bury my shapes in certain uh, crossing points, and so that their effect flows with the energy of the earth. And then they will be buried, nobody will see them, and nobody will point a finger at you. And they said, okay, let's use this solution. So in the area of Hirschberg, it was like uh, a town. Uh, Hirschberg is a state uh, in uh, Switzerland, and there are two Hirschbergs. Inner Hirschberg and outer Hirschberg, there are two different states I did the inner Hirschberg state, and it's 
it's a huge valley with a little mountain in the uh, in the middle and going up and then surrounded by mountains the radius is about 10 kilometers uh, the, the radius of the circle is about 10 kilometers so I came I went up to this little hill in the middle and there I buried 12 shapes I put them in tubes and buried them in the ground in, in certain spots in one area that was protected uh, so that people wouldn't go and take away or steal the shapes so we put them in the garden of a a responsible person there. And when you say shapes, Ibrahim, like what kind of size shapes or what were they made from? Well, the shapes I used in the beginning, uh, we made wooden shapes, but they didn't last through the winter. They got bent mm. with humidity and all that. And so we used uh, plexiglass shapes and they were about uh, 35 centimeters in height like that. And maybe... Uh, uh, two inches in width. So these are really small. They are small shapes, yes. They are not uh, big shapes. Okay. And we put the shapes inside inside tubes so that no farmer would hit them or, or, or something so it breaks them. Mm-hmm. And we put the tubes in the ground. We, we dug a hole uh, about, let's say, 70 centimeters uh, so that we would have about 20 centimeters of soil on them. And we put the tubes in the ground and it worked. And the whole area was done, and we had the same results like in uh, in Hamburg. Again, 60% of the symptoms were reduced. We had a huge, uh, I mean, migrating birds uh, that had left the area would come back. The cows that had uh, been infertile started being fertile again. The milk production uh, uh, came back to normal levels, and the plants uh, and the yield, everything became better. And the people mainly uh, complaining because all those headaches, headaches, ear problems, and all those other health problems, uh, they were reduced. So everybody w- was happy there. And uh, we were offered after that project, the second project at Hirschberg, uh, we were offered to do uh, the whole of Switzerland. We were offered a contract for the whole of Switzerland. But uh, at that time, uh, my children had gone to Canada to, uh, to university, so we moved, we left Switzerland, and we moved our residency to Canada and did continue with the project there. But uh, by Jomte actually changed the communities completely. Again, in the second community, we had the people saying how they feel they have changed. They look at the world differently. Their health is different and all that. Now, let's go back. Now we know what electricity does. So how can you put people in a car that is fully electrical? Or how can you want to build the future cities as smart cities that depend on electricity? So humanity will live in a much bigger form of electrical pollution in those cars and in those cities. So in Bajomti, we don't tell them, no, don't do that or stop that. No, we tell them, okay, we can make, we have a small attachment that you attach to the dashboard of your car or a special carpet that you put in your car or uh, special things uh, that you can put in uh, the ground of the city. But what we also have is 
If you design things from the beginning using the majority design principles, whether it's a car or a city, or whether it's clothes or textiles, if you design them from the beginning according to the principles, mm. you will be completely safe from electromagnetic pollution. The design itself will work instead of putting shapes. You put shapes when your original designs are already there. So you incorporate them into the actual design of the product, whatever it may be. Yeah, they are design principles. If you apply those design principles on a large scale, for example, I'll tell you some of the research uh, that I have uh, in all those postgraduate uh, theses that we have. For 20 years, uh, I've been supervising uh, postgraduate theses for students who want to take their master's or PhD uh, degrees. Okay. So I have, in every one of those theses, I have the, the, all the laboratories of the university uh, where we can do a lot of research. So one of those theses, for example, was we uh, make a small model of a house, of, of an apartment like that, and we we make it three we make it three times. One time the model is there and we put mice in it, like control, you know, as a control, we put just mice in it. Yeah. The step, the second one, we put mice in it but we put a Wi Fi uh, router in with them. Okay. And the third one we actually uh, tweak the designs a bit according to biogeometry design principles without doing anything, without adding a biogeometry shape. The actual design of the apartment is done along biogeometry principles. You wouldn't really, if you look, you wouldn't really notice much difference between the, the design because the designs, uh, the changes are very subtle. And then we put there too a wireless uh, device. Now, the control mice, they're there for control. And after eight weeks, they analyze the tissues, the kidney tissues, lung tissues, uh, liver tissues, and different other different tissues, and compare them with the normal, with the control tissues of, of the normal uh, mice there or rats. Now, the ones uh, with the apartment without by geometry, just with the router, yeah. All the symptoms of cancerous tissues, you know. I mean, really, really devastated. Now, the ones that were designed with biogeometry, they had exactly the same configuration like the healthy ones. So we showed that through proper design, you could actually uh, uh, protect people from wireless devices. And this student afterwards, he took that unit, this apartment, and started putting it together in little houses, in uh, multi-story houses and things like that, and he created a neighborhood. And that was this doctor's, uh, this PhD. Another one uh, used uh, materials that were radioactive. You know that in a normal house, when we think we are safe, you could have so much weak radioactivity in the house. For example, you could have paints on the walls that, not necessarily paints that have lead, could be water paints or something, mm -hmm. but 
they could be radioactive. Really? You could have, yeah, you could have the tiles, you know, the glaze on the tiles in, in your bathroom. Yeah. It could be radioactive. You could have any form of dark granites or something like that, floorings that are radioactive. So what we did in this uh, thesis was we collected all the radioactive materials, gave them to the national research centers to make uh, their own assessments. The student did the first choice with a small Geiger counter, but I told him to give those materials to the national research center, mm -hmm. and then they made a final assessment. And then we did the same thing. We built the three houses, you know, little houses. One was done with normal materials that were not radioactive, and we put the control mice in it. Second one was built with the radioactive material and the mice in it. Third one with the radioactive material, but by geometry shape, a little by geometry shape, not inside it. We put it outside uh, the house because we were afraid that the mice there would break it. So we just put it outside. Now, same thing again. Uh, the control, I mean, the one a radioactive house showed completely devastated tissues. The control mice are their healthy tissues, and the ones with the biogeometry effect showed healthy tissues with the radiation. That means biogeometry protected from radiation. I mean, those things have been published in scientific peer reviews in the United States. So they, they are part of theses there that are in the university and they get published and all that. But that we show if we can protect from weak uh, radioactivity. Imagine all those places that have had wars or things like that, or even in your house or, or everywhere. There is weak radioactivity everywhere. There are places that are after war zones that are unlivable today. Biogeometry can really help restore life or restore health in all those places. So biogeometry is not just uh, a personal initiation or spiritual initiation. No, it, you know, like I said, the definition of pure spirituality is excellence of action. Mm. Excellence is the spiritual part. Action is your scientific part. And I can simplify that and say a human being has action in his left brain sensory perception. That's your everyday analytical perception that we call left brain mode. Now, the right brain mode is the one that's extrasensory, open to the heart, open to the universe, is that universal aspect. And that universal aspect is what you call your uh, conscience. That's where all the values are. And from there, they sort of uh, sit out into your actions, into your left brain consciousness. So actually, bridging the gap between uh, science and spirituality is not difficult. It is like walking the bridge between the right brain and the left brain, walking the bridge between two dimensions. And actually this is a natural thing that is happening to all of us. For example, uh, I can tell you very simply, if you use your conscience in your actions, it's good enough. Because conscience puts all the values, the human values, in your actions. Yeah. 
putting the values in your actions is already a spiritual uh, achievement, you see. So it's not difficult for people uh, to, to walk this path. This doesn't need uh, a new science, doesn't need anything. It just needs that listen to your conscience. Because when you want to listen to something uh, or learn something new, then ask a person who knows. Let the teacher teach you. Mm-hmm. But you, when you want to know what is right from what's wrong, you can ask your conscience. You don't need to ask anybody else because everybody in his heart knows what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. And if you put that in your actions, you will easily be on the way of achieving excellence of action because you will be your conscience is connected to the vortex, the, the, to the multidimensional vortex you drive in consciousness. So it's easy. I mean, that's why what helps this intercommunication of all dimensions is, for example, uh, doing all the artistic things, listening to music, doing meditation rituals or whatever those things, uh, they are uh, modes that enhance the communication between the higher levels and life levels. But one should understand one thing. All rituals or practices, spiritual, religious, whatever, all those rituals and practices, they are not a goal in themselves. Because many people today look at religion as a goal. Yeah. No, it's not a goal. It's a tool to achieve excellence of action. Because what's the use of having something in you that does not reflect in your actions? Sure. So, what we're saying, we're coming back again to bringing this multidimensional connectivity in your actions. And by geometry, lets you do that practically. So, whatever I say in, in by geometry when we, in our courses, when we say, uh, let's harmonize this, let's do that, I tell them, look, don't tell me or don't ask me to do it in front of you to show you that it's a very practical, doable thing. What you should ask me is, let me do it. And I'll show you how you do it, not me do it, you see. Mm. That's a huge difference because it's practical spirituality. All of a sudden, you have in one hand spirituality and in the other hand you have science or your daily world and you can put your hands together and you know you're on the right track. So are we talking, Ibrahim, about almost a cure-all or is it a science that works with our inherent vibrational level or our resonance that already exists? I mean, is it the case that, for example, if the correct shapes, if we were surrounded by the correct shapes and that was mitigating some harmful signals from a mobile phone, for example. But if we weren't in the right frame of mind, um, and if we still found it difficult, if, if there was still discord in our lives, could that have the opposite effect again? Is, is this about a kind of a, a holistic approach to harmonizing our energies? Yes, look, I'll give you an example. Let us say you're sitting at home with mobile phone and computer and everything in front of you, mm. and... You, you feel uh, your wrist, your shoulders, and your head a bit uh, getting stiff and slight headache, and you're not comfortable wherever you are, or you feel the bad energy in this place. 
And while you're working, all of a sudden, you reflect or you imagine your favorite uh, area on the beach or on the mountain or the sea and something like that while working. Your biological symptoms are going to change and react as if you were actually sitting on the beach outside there, you see. Mm. Because you have changed your environment even mentally. And all of a sudden, the thing in front of you that was harming you, whether it was your mobile phone or your computer, that isn't doing you any harm anymore. See, even though you're sitting in front of it, you're touching it, it's not harming you anymore. Now, think back, just leave the picture out of your mind of the beach and all that, and all of a sudden your body reacts again to the harm in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it is, if we actually work, let, let's say, like I say, with or in harmony with the forming process in nature, everything we develop in our surroundings becomes uh, sort of has the natural energy quality. Natural energy quality means that all forms in nature have a central uh, centering force. What do I mean by that? Imagine that every physical thing has at its center this wormhole connecting it to higher archetypal dimensions where you have the original shapes of things on a mental level. And they come from that higher mental level down until they are produced on the physical level, you see. So, this communication is the natural forming process. So, in nature, all the archetypes come from a higher mental level into whatever, into the seed, let's say, the archetype of the plant comes through the centers in there, so it develops accordingly, according to the template that it's receiving. So, those higher dimensions are directly connected with the harmony and the development and the evolution of natural shapes. So, natural shapes are alive. So, when you design with the Vajonti design language, you're actually creating connected shapes. That means you're creating living energy shapes. And those living energy shapes actually shape the quality of your environment. It's the same quality like you would feel as you would be in a sacred passport. It's actually transforming your environment into your own sacred passport and living in it. It's like being in a healing passport all the time. That's what Bajonti does to you. So again, it brings us back to that life force again. Yes. I can speak to this, Ibrahim, because for the last four or five months, I've been using some of the products that you have on your website, such as the um, Biosignatures Pendant, the Cell Phone Harmonizer, the L66 Pendant, and even the, um, the Home Kit that's available as well. The interesting thing for me was... I'm quite sensitive to electromagnetic radiation and in my work I'm surrounded by electronic equipment all the time and I'd find at the end of the day my eyesight would have slightly deteriorated and only after good rest it comes back again the next morning and same thing, headaches and dehydration and I can never drink enough water, all these different things. So 
if I went, for example, to a doctor, they'll tell me I'm perfectly fine and I'm just fatigued. But I know in myself that there's something wrong with me. And I thought, okay, I'll try these products and I'll have, immediately, everything will get better. And that wasn't the case. But what I will say is, over the last four to five months, there has been a very, very gentle improvement in lots of different symptoms, some of which I didn't even realize that I had because I was used to living with them, such as occasional headaches here and there or general fatigue. And these symptoms have improved. I've, I've always had skin problems. And I noticed at the very beginning when I started using the products, there was a slight worsening of my skin, which then very gradually cleared up and any of the, the kind of aggravating factors that would have been a big problem for me or things I would have had to avoid assiduously, even certain foods in the past, they're no longer a problem for me. I sleep much better. Um, I, don't get as, I don't get as tired if I have a long drive in the car. And I've just noticed a general calmness and a sense of well-being that I certainly did not have. And you described it in your experiments in your work earlier on. I have had that in my life, and not just me, but the people around me who are in the house and stuff as well. We've all experienced something very, very similar, and I can speak firsthand to what you're talking about. And there is a very definite effect on me, and I also find that I have access to my higher mind on a much more regular, and it's much easier to access that higher mind. I find that my discernment has improved. I find that my articulation of certain things that I might have found difficult in the past has improved. I can think much better under pressure. And there are all these, all these things I put down as being symptomatic of the use of the products based on the work and the science that you use because I haven't made any other changes in my life. None whatsoever. It could be argued that in terms of exposure to radiation, that has increased because that's increasing every day of the week in the, in the world in which we live, and I live in an urban area. So the only thing that I can say is that it's down to the work and the science that you've spoken about to me for the last hour and 15 minutes there thereabouts. And I would like you to talk a little bit about the products that you have because I think so many people listening can benefit from them. And if you can just explain one or two of your favorites, they're all on your website and we'll give the details on that a little bit later on. But tell me about what they do for well, people. And an idea. Does it differ uh, from person to person? Yes. First of all, uh, I don't like to refer to our products as a form of treatments okay. for any problem. They are a form of energy balancing. Now, the problem with energy balancing, like being in a sacred power spot, they cause a complete transformation in the body, but sometimes this complete transformation has a healing effect on one special thing uh, that we have, and so it looks very much like treatment. Mm. Okay, it it can happen, but it is not intended for that. It's intended for total harmony. But there are things that the more things are linked to higher energies, uh, the more immediate effects you get. For example, if, like I said before, a person who has epilepsy, yeah. you put yeah. one of our pendants in his hand, and immediately the brain waves become normal. You take it away, and you can see the immediate effects. And the person will feel it. A child in uh, in Hamburg, he I was coming in the house, and the epileptic child, eight years old, he came and looked at my ring. 
that has those by geometry, by signature shapes, and told his mom, Mommy, my problem in my head is gone. I, I feel very well. I want this thing that is in his hand. You know, wow. so he told him he's a guest, he can't take his ring. So he said, but I feel so good. Please let me have it. So I made a small bracelet for him and gave it to him the next day. Yeah. But many things like that uh, are very immediate. For example, if somebody takes chemotherapy and they have low blood platelets, you, you, you know, all of a sudden. Yeah. Some people uh, have to have bone marrow transplant and things like this. And you give them the, the pendant. In 48 to 72 hours, the platelets will start to rise. The whole immune system, it will start to rise. And the side effects from the chemo or radio or something will sort of be reduced. And if those people have to go for a bone marrow transplant maybe they won't need it at all and this happens so many times thousands of times we've noticed this happening so things like that could be immediate the things that have to do more the more that you have to do with the electric energy of the brain uh, the effect is immediate so lately I have uh, I'm doing a lot of work on the brain you know on children with problems, with special abilities like autism and things like this. Mm. So one of the doctor's degrees we gave two years ago was started, the first one was on depression. So we used one simple biosignature, the drawings that we have. I'll explain that a bit later now. And we used one biosignature in a sort of decorative pattern uh, to test the serotonin levels of normal mice, depressed mice, and depressed mice with the pattern, and other boxes that had depressed mice, but they were given the most potent drugs in the market that are used to treat depression. Now, in this study, biogeometry showed that just by putting the pattern there, the serotonin level was raised to normal levels in the brain and only one of the drugs in the market uh, was on par with it and uh, reached that level. All the other drugs couldn't reach that level of serotonin in the brain. So this showed how, uh, in this doctor's degree, how it was a very simple to create a pattern. You could actually uh, reduce depression. Then we did other works uh, on autistic children or ADHD or, or uh, hyperactive children and we actually it was done for a project that we were doing uh, in Egypt for the government but in order to prove myself before I went into construction I mean we did the first designs I built a wooden frame like a pergola in the garden of my office with the shape of the classroom for about eight children. And I invited the people to bring autistic children and uh, all other mental disabilities. And they come with their doctors and then with their instructors and spend the day in the garden of our office and go into the shape and see what happens. Right. We've seen, uh, I mean, miraculous results. We've seen children 
all of a sudden going into the ship and they all of a sudden after let's say five minutes start perceiving the world as we do not reduced in a very stressed focused area but all of a sudden they relax and they start seeing the world as we do it because we know in Bajong for example that all right angles whether it's a corner concave or convex I mean corner pointing at you or the other way produces stress on the brain circular shape the same thing but then we found that a certain angle that we patented many years ago it's 135 degrees it's one of the component angles of an octagon actually reduces the stress in the brain so we started using those angles and I won't go so much further uh, into this project just to show that children who went, went in there for one and a half hours stayed normal afterwards for 24 hours so the effect went there for 24 hours and we are now designing a lampshade like a smaller version of that Perglite the Garden yeah. that very soon will be available for people to buy and put it uh, in their rooms now what we are doing now just to come to, back to our products I have in the past six months I have sort of upgraded all the products of biogeometry uh, to cover all those uh, problems like depression, like mental disabilities and all that because I felt that after all this research that we did in the PhDs lately that all our products should address that level. It raises the bar very high and it took us a long time but all our products will help uh, in all those uh, types of problems you see. Now our products are of two types. Products you wear like the bisignature pendant or a ring and when we say bisignatures uh, bisignatures are actually the energy paths within the organs. So you know that function meridians they run on the outside of the body. Yeah. They have the strip of the body and then you can uh, prick them with a needle. Mm -hmm. But when speaking about an organ inside the body, then the meridians on that organ will be so deep you can't go in with a needle. So we go in with another method. We draw a linear shape of that pattern that you can put on the periphery of the skin outside in your energy field. And when the energy goes into the linear shape, it produces an energy shape that enters into resonance with the organ pattern in there and then we tweak the energy shape so that we induce in it the quality of sacred power spots so now we have communication and we have balance of the organ and we have that in the form of medallions in the form of rings and lately uh, a couple of years ago we decided to make this whole science of biosignature available to everybody. You can learn it from A to Z, learn how to use them, to draw them, manufacture everything in a book that's called Biogeometry Signatures because 
we felt that this is something that we shouldn't only be teaching in our courses, but should be available uh, to everybody. But uh, the book is out there in Amazon, on Amazon UK, you can find it, or Amazon.com. But people should understand that it is a very good, cheap way of preventive medicine, not treatment. That we explain in the book, but that book we have out there. Now, we have other things. We have like a car strip for the car that protects you from the electromagnetic energy in the car, like we said, it's too harmful. We have uh, carpets uh, that you could put at home in your office and something. They'll be produced soon. Uh, They're already out there in exhibitions, and those carpets somehow uh, harmonize all the areas of the body and the the brain uh, chemicals and all that, and we have lots of tests, medical tests on these. They'll be out soon. We're producing textiles that will be out soon. And then we have what we call our home kit. Our home kit is a group of those same shapes we used in in those areas in Switzerland, but we engrave them in a smaller scale on a plexiglass block like that, mm-hmm. that you can put in your home and it has a shape in there that works with water, another shape that works with uh, earth radiation, a third shape with uh, electromagnetic radiation, one with wireless and so on. There are about eight shapes in, engraved in this block. And you just put it in your home anywhere and it will actually protect you from all those different harmful radiations, whether it's electromagnetic or earth radiation or radioactivity in your home, it will protect you from that. That we call the home kit. All the new versions of all those things are coming out in June. In June, we have a special topics international conference in Victoria, BC in Canada, and we're introducing all those new products from June on. We will have very, very uh, advanced products that are even more powerful than the ones we have at the moment. And will, and, will you be introducing any uh, kind of product that uh, specifically targets 5G? Because I know that is a huge worry for a lot of listeners. That, that, that was one of the main things. We completely revised all our products. Every one of our new products has been tested thoroughly uh, with to protect from 5G and Although our existing products protect to a certain extent from 5G, mm-hmm. uh, we, I mean, we made all the new products give you full protection, and we developed a, a new L pendant like that that you can take and wear with your existing products if you don't if you have already use our things. You can just buy one uh, thing to wear with it. And this little L-shaped pendant like that, if you wear it, with our products or without it, will give you complete protection from 5G. Incredible. So, So, I mean, worry no more. No, worry no more. And this L will actually be available very soon. This L will be out there before June because this is already uh, being given very soon next month in our courses, so probably before June it will be out there. So if you already have our products, 
uh, you can get this and wear it with them. Or if you don't want to buy a pendant or any of our products, you can just buy this L and protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Or you can put wear several things and put the home kit in your home. So we're really transforming our uh, whole product line to be uh, very efficient with 5G or future levels uh, of radiation. And in terms then of reaction to your work, this is provable science. We're not talking about hocus pocus, pie in the sky. I mean, this is almost like a physical manifestation of spiritual power in the form of science or a marrying of the two, if you like. So have you, have you come across any resistance? Have any kind of people in perceived authority taken exception to the work that you've done? Or, as was the case in Switzerland that you described earlier on, have they been very positive towards it? I mean, because this is absolutely life-changing, and not just life-changing, but could potentially change the whole resonance and landscape of the world on which we live and allow us to use the technology that has worried so many people for the last decade or so? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Usually, all our testing uh, is done by independent uh, uh, weather uh, research centers or universities or something. Mm. So we have solid research out there. And the fact that for 20 years, the universities come to me to supervise, uh, uh, I mean, postgraduate uh, work on in many fields where we apply by geometry, for example, in architecture, thumb planning, textile, industrial uh, products, whatever shows that there's uh, a big academic uh, interest in my work, although I'm telling them now, you, you know, I'm telling them, I'm, I, I mean, I'm, as I grow older, you know, <laughs> please don't bombard me with so many uh, theses to read all the time and but the interest seems to grow. Switzerland is a special case. Switzerland people are very nature-oriented, so there was really a huge interest in it. In the Arab world or the Middle East, the interest is a bit different. The interest there, besides the academic one and universities, uh, there's a huge interest uh, uh, in the spiritual side because it gives you a sort of abstract, completely independent uh, way in understanding spirituality that you can that gives you a better knowledge of your own uh, beliefs. So it's like a neutral things that opens new spiritual dimensions, and that is makes many people in the Middle East uh, really. Uh, attracted to biogeometry and I have on YouTube maybe 160 uh, Arabic shows that I've done in TV uh, in Egypt and the Arab world and they're very popular there. Uh, in Canada, for example, we've been producing a totally antibiotic-free chicken uh, with no antibiotics, no uh, vaccinations or anything for the past five years now. And when I say totally antibiotic-free, I mean totally antibiotic-free because there is no other antibiotic-free production in the world. Wow. Everyone says it's antibiotic-free, 
but it could be uh, free from daily antibiotics, but not from therapeutic antibiotics, or free from uh, human uh, human type antibiotics, but not animal type antibiotics. You know, it's it's a, it's a very difficult situation. When they asked me first to uh, when I went uh, in Canada, when they asked me to, to do the project uh, of antibiotic free chicken, I said. Why should I do something that everybody is producing already? Everybody says they have antibiotic-free chicken. Yeah. And their answers, I mean, they are the specialists. They, they told me, are you so naive? <laughs> I said, why do you mean I'm so naive? I'm not a specialist in the chicken farming. They said, you believe everything you read? <laughs> I said, no. They said, no, look, forget about that. We have other criteria now. Can you produce totally antibiotic-free chicken? And I said yes. And we did that for the past five years in uh, in Canada. It hasn't uh, gone very. Uh, I mean, it hasn't gone so everywhere. But it's, it's very limited. But it's one of the biggest firms in Canada who's doing it now. If you ask me, will everybody accept it? Uh, I want to tell you something. Our scientific ego, and you know, I'm an architect, I'm an, a, a designer, a product designer, and I'm a scientific person too, I'm a professor at university, so I notice with all my colleagues that specialization in itself creates a certain ego that will not accept anything that you do not know. Mm. And this is a problem. I was once in a think tank, and it was more about health and all that. And one of the leading universities in the United States was they were showing us statistics, and they said that the student coming into the medical field in first year of medical studies, uh, 40% of them have good knowledge of nutrition. But after seven years when they graduate as specialists, only 20% of them have knowledge of nutrition. So my reaction to that was, is our scientific, modern scientific teaching actually limiting our culture. Mm -hmm. And they were shocked when I said that. I said, I mean, you are the ones who who said, who gave us the statistics. So there must be something wrong in the way we teach people. We give them knowledge that alienates them from everything outside that knowledge. And they actually become against it because it's not in their domain. So this is the situation today, you see. Yeah, and you notice that in every field of work. Yeah. So, so this, we cannot help it. As you say, in every new science, uh, you can apply the metaphor as uh, the taste is in the pudding. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, all what we say, try it. If it helps you, okay. Now, is there anything anything in the world today that is universally acceptable? No. Nothing is universally acceptable. 
Everybody has his own face, his own thing. So why should my job to be any different? And the thing is, no matter what it is, as you describe, there will be naysayers, there will be people who will be sceptical, there will be people who will never accept certain knowledge, no matter how beneficial it may be to them, no matter how much they may need it or whatever. But I mean, I can speak firsthand to the work that you've done and the effect that it has had on me. It's fascinating. I've read your books. I continue to reread your books. I would recommend to so many people out there that they do the same. And the biggest thing for me is, having seen the effect that it's had on me gradually over time, a lot of my worries have dissipated and disappeared in many cases. I just feel there's an energetic balance that didn't exist before. And again, the 5G thing was a huge thing. We're hearing so much about it all the time now. And I was very, very worried about that. And, when, oh, and, and now I realize there, there is nothing for me personally to worry about. And there should be nothing for anybody to worry about, provided yes. they're, they're willing to just accept this information with open arms and give it a try. What is there to lose? Absolutely nothing. What is there to gain? Well, there's not just for the individual, there's a huge amount for humanity to gain. And as you said at the start of our conversation, Ibrahim, we're not separate from the environment. We are the environment. We're a part of it. Our organs can be within, they can be without. So why would we not explore every potential avenue to try and harmonize that for ourselves? I mean, I think the work that you're doing is, is it's almost like a real learning as opposed to a new science. It's like a lost science that perhaps people had in the past or different civilizations had in the past, but there is a huge resonance for me in the words that you speak and the work that you do. So if, if anybody's interested in finding out more, give us your website details or let us know about the conference that's upcoming in Canada and what other information people can explore to find out more about your work. Well, the, the conference in Canada now is just for advanced students of biogeometry, so not everybody can come. Okay. It's, people can come. Uh, people are coming from all over the world, but only the ones who have reached a certain level in biogeometry. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, you have my two books. The first book, Back to a Future for Mankind. The second book, Biogeometry Signatures, which are both on uh, Amazon. There's a book written uh, also or drawn by my daughter Dorea, called Bicenture Mandalas. They are, the Bicenture are put in mandala shapes. They can be colored and all that, and they are therapeutic. I mean, when you color them, they have a therapeutic effect on you. These are three books. And then you can go on YouTube, and on YouTube, if you write biogeometry, you're going to find uh, lots, lots of videos in different languages, English, French, Arabic, you find in different languages. Mm-hmm. That's a good venue. And there is also our website, uh, Uh This gives you, uh, I mean, an idea of our work. So uh, for all those who are interested, please there uh, go there. And if you go into the Biogeometry shop online, you can go from the website or directly to the Biogeometry shop. You will find all our products. And uh, very soon, like I said, all the products that protect from 5G uh, will be out there. And there is one specific product before you go that I would like you to speak about just for a second because it's something very close to my heart. My professional background is in music. And you have a, you have a CD which I have, I have in the car and I listen to every day and I sometimes listen to when I'm going to sleep as well. Tell me a little bit about that and how the harmonizing effects of music have been combined with biogeometry. 
Okay, I, I have two uh, CDs. Uh, one that was done 20 years ago. At the moment, it's, uh, we're re, uh, redoing it, but that was called the Silent Sound CD. Mm-hmm. And the Silent Sound CD was to prove that geometrical shapes have an energy quality and they can change space. But to prove something else, what if I recorded the space with no sound at all, I just record the space, will I have the quality in the CD so I can take the CD with me anywhere and wherever I play it, it will be, uh, it will change the quality of the space. That was the main thing. Is energy quality recordable or not? So I used to go to different churches, to the pyramid areas and things and keep recording silent, what I call silent sound. Yeah. And then I, I found that the effect is recordable. So we did this, the silent sound CD and people told me in Holland uh, where the CD was made, they said that they tried it on trees and animals and when you hang it there or you put it on the table playing face up, it has the same effect in, in the surroundings as if it's played. Wow. By the way, this same thing applies to the second CD too. Mm-hmm. Now, in the second CD, we decided to compose a piece. My son-in-law is a composer. His name is Omar Rafat, and he's a composer. So I told him, how about making a CD that actually transforms people, but with sound, that we can hear the music. Yeah. And it took us a year to do it. We call it the Serious Odyssey. So it started by me trying to put the main rhythm uh, that resonates with the energy of the planet Sirius. And with this resonance, we start the first spiritual effect. As Sirius, in many cultures, is the spiritual center of our uh, area of the universe. So then we started putting other configurations in there that protect from earth radiation, and then configurations that protect from uh, radioactivity, other configurations protecting from uh, wireless uh, technology, and then certain configurations uh, that uh, harmonize every organ function in the body, you know, and then things that calms, things for depression. So it took us a year to build in uh, all those things into the CD and then we even tried it by when we played in a room and we closed the door will the effect, the energetic effect come to the next room or not so we started making it stronger until it would really cross the walls of the doors and it took us a year to get this uh, CD, now that we have it, this CD is really uh, life changing is not a CD made for a special thing. Uh, it is made to harmonize everything, so it is ideal uh, to accompany any uh, meditation, to accompany any yoga exercises, tai chi, whatever. It's perfect for that. And in the car, if you have it all the time in the car, you will feel uh, very 
alert, very fresh. You, you won't feel any stress in the car. You'll be protected from the electromagnetic radiation in the car. I don't know if you've used it uh, uh, while driving in your car to see the difference in long distances. Well, I do, and I find if, I, if, if driver fatigue, I do a lot of driving, and if, if driver fatigue yeah. is kicking in, I put on the CD, and 10, 15 minutes later, I'm re-energized. It's, it's almost miraculous what it does. Yes. This CD is something very, very special. As you know, it, it is the same journey uh, in uh, ancient Egypt or in many other cultures that the soul traveled from the physical realm to the heavenly abode in, uh, in the serious area, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, and that's in many cultures. The, the star Sirius played a role in it with its helical rising was the beginning of the new year in ancient Egypt. And many of the spiritual uh, let's say exercises done in many countries of the world relate to something with Sirius. So you see for example in the uh, when in the tombs you see the pharaoh or that person go into the boat, the celestial boat yep. to travel through the ether to the planet Sirius where this is the journey of the soul, you know. So that's why you call it the Sirius Odyssey. So it resonates with many things uh, in the unconscious level of uh, mankind. You know, because there is one thing uh, I'd like to tell you to before we, we finish things. You should not look at ancient Egypt as a country or the history of a country or modern Egypt as a country. No, you should. Egypt is a state of being because in ancient Egypt, all the uh, Western philosophers like that uh, in ancient Greece, you know, in ancient Greece you had all those uh, people like Pythagoras and others, they came to study in Egypt. Pythagoras spent 22 years in the temples of Egypt and then he is called the father of Western science. He's the father of music, father of mathematics and so on. Now, they studied in the ancient Egyptian temples, they studied a science of universal harmonics that had to do with the science of qualitative interactions of things, where the whole universe was one interactive symphony. Now, we go into the Western world, and people like Pythagoras and all that only gave the quantitative aspects, quantitative practical aspects of those ancient sciences and those teachings to the West. Mm. And with it, we have the great Western civilization that has become global now. But on the other side of the coin is still the qualitative spiritual aspect. It is there, hidden inside it. So at the core of the Western subconscious, the spiritual core there has this ancient Egyptian practical science in it. That's why many people find an attraction to ancient Egypt, because of this central state of being 
within the Western culture. So that's why I call Egypt and its ancient sciences, it's a state of being hidden in the depth of the subconscious. It's not just a country. Have you any last message or parting message for the alchemy listeners, Ibrahim, before we leave things for today? Well, let me say something about the word alchemy, just a last word. You see. Yes, yes, I'd love uh, to hear it. Lately, uh, we, we have in our offices in, in Egypt uh, an alchemical lab. Okay. And in this alchemical lab, we use a system, uh, a German system called Spagiric. Mm-hmm. And we were actually working on a special L shape, the L we, we wear as pendants, we were on a special L shape uh, that would be the future L protecting from uh, 5G and so on. So we were working w- w- with that all the time in our research, not in our alchemical lab, but in our research. But it was in, in, in our, it was a goal inside us that we were working in that field. Okay. In while in our alchemical lab, we were testing the microscopes to see adjusting, uh, setting up the lab. And when we put up the microscope, and we got a drop of water, and we put the drop under the microscope and enlarged it. I don't know how many thousand millions of times we enlarged it so much, uh, and. Of course, in our office, we have lots of uh, biogeometry things, but not in the lab. They're in other rooms. Mm. Now, we look under the microscope, and we find this biogeometry L, a big shape inside the water. Uh, uh, let's see, what's in, usually in the water, you, what appears when, when you enlarge a drop that much you get like a landscape, you know, you think you're in a forest, you're in flowers. A very nice natural landscape appears in the water, usually when it's harmonized. But this time, it appears a big L, exactly like the ones we were researching, and it appeared in the water. Wow. So we, we took the picture, and then we put it on, uh, we printed it out, compared it, to the L we were researching, and it was exactly the same. It had fished it out of our subconscious, and the very strange thing, we test the picture from the water against 5G, and it gives complete protection. The picture picture alone gives protection. The picture alone gives complete protection. It came out in our alchemy lab, came out in the water itself. It's as if the water spoke to us. Amazing. Telling us you're on the right track. This is the design, you know. But seeing it, a geometrical design inside the water, it has never happened. This picture is in actually the handbook of Spagiric now, uh, that's printed in Germany, published there, has this picture because the, I mean, this strange occurrence that happened there. That's I just absolutely said because, uh, incredible. of your title, Alchemy, you know. Well, it, that's incredible. And the fact that you're talking about sp- spagurics or spagurics, 
is pertinent because today I confirmed the next guest for Alchemy, who is a guy called Phoenix Aurelius, and that's precisely what we will be speaking about on the next episode. So there's, there's a complete resonance in our conversation here today. The, the universe speaks to us in mysterious ways. Okay. Well, I'm happy to be with you, and it seems that the universe is uh, in harmony with us. Absolutely, and continue to do the incredible work that you're doing. It's a great gift, as I see it, to have stumbled across your work and to, to be able to go on my own journey. Biogeometry, to me, has become, from something that I'd never heard of before, it's just become a word that I almost use in everyday life when I'm talking to people. It's, oh, have you heard about biogeometry? Oh, have you tried this? Look at this, look at that. And, I mean, the more people that I can make aware of this as time goes on, the better, as I see it. So, it's been fascinating and a huge pleasure. I really appreciate your time, Ibrahim. It's been fantastic for me, personally, and I hope you've enjoyed it as well. It's my pleasure, and uh, I'll send you the the, the new L that protects from 5G. Well, thank you very much. I look forward to using it. Thank you and so then you much. And you can test it for yourself, yeah. Fantastic. Well, I have the power. You have the power. We have the power. Dr. Ibrahim Karim, it's been so good to speak to you on Alchemy. Shukran. Baraka. Allahu I'm honored to be your guest. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll speak again. I'm sure we do. Thank you. It would be my pleasure. Alchemy. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Alchemy. Remember, we rely on donations to keep the show in its current free and advertising-free format and are very, very grateful indeed for any help you can offer. There's no fixed cost on donations and it all helps and will go a long way towards keeping us afloat. Our donate button is on the website and your support and assistance is greatly appreciated. So thank you to everyone for your recent help and support. We're back because of you and we couldn't do it without you. Until the next time, I have the power, you have the power... We have the power. Thank you. A lot of people didn't uh, know that I was with the Beach Boys for a while. In fact, about the 1965, I was with them for about a year, live and in person, playing bass and singing Brian's part. I'd like to do for you a medley of some of the songs that I had the pleasure of working on with the Beach Boys on the records and also live and in person as a Beach Boy because... Gotta be good to sustain that long as a group. I'm picking up a good vibrations. She's giving me the excitation. I'm picking up a good vibrations. She's giving me the excitation. I'm picking up a good vibrations. She's giving me the excitation. Vibrations are happening with her. Gotta keep those loving good vibrations are happening with her. Gotta keep those loving good vibrations are happening with her.